Hello and welcome to the podcast designed to help you as entertainers book more gigs and make more money from what you love so that you're not burning out, you're not hustling so that you can truly thrive and just do what you are so passionate about. Today, I'm talking with an amazing chap called Ed Samuel. Now, Ed is a financial advisor and financial education specialist from St. James's Place. So with that said, hello, Ed. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for having me on. You are most welcome. It's great to be here. And I know we're going to get some really practical and useful information today because this is a topic that we haven't actually spoke uh, on the podcast before about. But I actually think it is something that's so relevant and so useful and so needed for us in this industry because it actually comes down to money and finances and what the hell do you do with the cash that you make from the events? Before we start, before we get into any of that, the entertainment industry is such a close-knit community, and we all know each other, whether it's a singer, a comedian, a magician, blah, 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 blah. But it's quite likely that they've probably never heard of you, Ed. So would you be able to fill us in and tell us what it is exactly that you do, how long have you been doing it before, why you do it, all the usual stuff. So, Ed, who is Ed Samuel? Thank you. Yeah, so uh, I'm a financial advisor for uh, St. James Place Wealth Management. Uh, I work in a local practice um, called Howard Financial Planning, and that's based in Whitstable. Um, and we provide uh, general financial advice. So that includes things like investment planning, pension planning for retirement, uh, protection planning, life insurance, as well as some tax planning, uh, especially around inheritance tax and how to reduce that. So families can pass wealth on through the generations, um, often work with a lot of uh, business owners, especially. So whether that's sole traders uh, or, or limited company owners uh, and shareholders, there's lots of different ways that we can help these guys very broadly. Uh, increasingly and more recently um, with a lot of kind of tech uh, startup professionals. So those that have, have often been been bought out by bigger companies and and some of the, the challenges and the, the financial um, benefits of that, that that they need to then navigate. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing that for, for, for six years or so now. I came out of my in my previous life for, for, for 10 years or so. I was working in marketing, so working in the hospitality and casino world uh, in, in London. Um, and I was always very passionate about personal finance there. So I was always the guy that, that really understood um, about pensions, about uh, uh, about how much tax I was paying, and any kind of I was naturally someone you would gravitate to if you had questions around that. Um, I guess that 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 that's just come from from an interest from an early age, really, about understanding um, money and uh, and the financial markets a little bit. So I've I've, I've always been passionate about that, and actually um then started to think hey I, there, there may be a career here for for me in this so started um looking for for roles that that that, that I could use this uh you know skill set and and came across financial advice in the UK we we we're, we're quite short on financial advisors is what's called an advice gap um there's a lot of people that need advice and um there, there's not a lot of advisors out there that 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 are um that that have the necessarily qualifications uh, to give that advice so it's a fun time to be a financial advisor lots you know lots of opportunity out there and I've known you now for about two three years or so and you're actually dealing with my personal finances as well and and to see it from that perspective from knowing you not only as uh, as a friend but also someone who's like technically a client of yours it, that 
element of passion really stands out and it's quite evident to see that you just want to do what's best for people to help them as much as possible which is just so amazing to see in someone but i suppose the biggest question from a lot of the view or the viewers the listeners whatever <laughs> a lot of the listeners that'll actually be on the podcast right now would be this one if they do a gig they've done an event they've got paid don't they just keep the money in the bank account like isn't is that it or is there much more when it comes to personal finances and all of that? Yeah, it's a really good good question. And, um, you know, we don't really get taught this stuff at school. So, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. But, um, you know, generally in terms of money management basics, um, I would uh, I'd always talk talk to people about um, building a bit of a plan. So you know there, there's no wrong answer in how you you manage your money, um, but there there are things that that you can do, small things often, just to kind of get you on the right track and get you in the right frame of mind. As you know, uh, uh, as I know, you know, you, you, you teach people how to, uh, to 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 be more commercial more commercially minded when it comes to to being an entertainer i teach people how they could you know uh how they could manage their money and how they could build wealth for the future so um you know if if, if it were me and i were working in the entertainment industry and it was my livelihood you know uh when I get paid, I'd be looking at that money and un want to understand, well, how much does it cost me to live, first of all? So so what are my expenses? Often that is, you know, that's the key thing to understand. It's like, well, what I want, what, what are my outgoings? What am I likely to need this month, whether it's rent or mortgage, bills? You know, and that's more pertinent now than ever, given we're in a, uh, in a period of very high inflation and bills are going up. So it's really good to get a handle on what our costs are. Um, make a budget. So often a bit of a kind of boring thing used to be pen to paper. Now we don't need to do that. There are apps that do all of that for us. So you've got Monzo, you've got Plum, you've got all of these fantastic apps that will, that will link to your bank account and track what your spend is. So you don't even really need to figure that stuff out. You can look at the the, the kind of summary screen and it tells you how much you spend on your bills, how much you spend on socializing, blah, 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 blah. So good just to get that awareness, first of all. That will then allow you to kind of build a bit of a plan around that. Do you need to be spending all that money on on on, on socialising or on clothes or on uh, holidays or, or whatever it is? You can start to with that information start to uh, to, to adapt your behaviour perhaps and, uh, and and build a bit of a plan. Uh, if you don't have an emergency fund, um, then then one of the first things that I would recommend you do is, is try to put a little bit of money away to, to build up what would be probably three to six months worth of outgoings, just so you have a bit of a slush fund there. So if the work dries up, if you get ill, um, then then you know you don't need to uh, to worry about you know short term cash flow problems. There's a little bit of a slush fund there that that, that, that can see you through a period like that. And then once you've once you've done that, um, you, you then want to think about what well, what are my short term goals? You know, do I have any goals that I want to achieve maybe within a, a three to five year period? Is that buying a new car? Is that getting onto the property ladder? Um, is that going on some amazing travel um, around the world? What are those things? 
um, think about those and then potentially build up a pot that, that can that you can contribute towards those. It's about getting in this, into a bit of a savings mentality around that. Um, and then we start to think about the medium and longer term goals. So, um, you know, medium term, we generally think as five years plus in the industry. So, you know, again, where does where where do your financial goals fit into to a timeline? If Do you think you're kind of five, 10 years away from from potentially wanting to to buy a property or another property um, or or, or make an investment into a business, um, any of those things, and and mark them as as short, medium, long-term goals. Longer-term goals can often be satisfied with things like pensions. You know, we we, we don't often know what our longer-term goals are, but we know that in this day and age, we have to fund, largely fund our pension ourselves. So when we get to our 60s, well, state pension age in the UK is nearly 70 for, for most young people now, 68. So, you know, we need to build up resources that, that will take care of us at that point. So so pensions are generally one of the best um, tools to do that because of the tax relief we get on that. So it's covering those bases, building a plan, understanding the short, medium and longer terms and uh, and then looking at your budget and allocating, um, you know, pots. How much surplus income do you have in a month on average? Again, don't just think about the last month. Think about the last year. You know, have you have you been averaging some surplus income that you can afford to put into a savings pot or um, a, a, an investment pot? Again, there are apps out there that can help with this journey. Uh, I think Moneybox is, a, is an app out there that you can um, use to round up your expenses. If you buy something for, you know, a, a drink for, for, for £1.10, pence, it will round up to £2.90. Pence will go into either a savings or an investment account, depending on what you're, you allocate that money to. And over time, that can really build build on you know your reserves there and, and and build a pot that's quite interesting and, and you're able to do something with so it's taking that mentality and that approach of, of first understanding what your budgets are building a a plan around that and then building some short medium longer term goals i suppose this is actually very similar to kind of like what i teach inside momentum with the entertainers that come on board to essentially book more gigs and make more money through our program over there like the first thing we do in the onboarding sequence is they go through something called the vision stack and we get them to focus on what they want out of their life, what they want their long-term goals to be like. They get them clear about that so that we then build the business that will fund the lifestyle that they want to live rather than just building a business that kind of owns you. And it's the same sort of thing here. You're obviously thinking, okay, what is my future going to look like? Okay, what do I need to prepare for? Okay, what are the goals? When do I want to buy a house? When do I need this car? When do I am I looking to retire? What do I need to do to achieve that? How much do I then need to save and put away? And I think you've also mentioned some really, really crucial things, which are often so easily looked overlooked in our industry. When you have a day job, you go off sick. You're paid your sick pay. When you retire, you get your pension. I don't think there's much you need to worry about 99% of the time. But when you are in entertainment, you are running your own business. And if, heavens forbid, you get hit by a car and you can't work, which could happen, a classic one is you get covered, you get COVID and you can't work for a few weeks or a few months. What are you going to do? Because no one's going to pay you sick pay because you can't go out there and work. So having a reserve fund is so useful for those times which might come up unexpectedly. Mm. Yes, they might never come up, but 
then you're playing with fate. You're playing the chances. And the other thing you've mentioned, which I would urge anyone right now, write this down and go and do it, is just getting clarity over your expenses, over your bills, what you're actually doing. Because I, I know so many entertainers out there who have actually done this. And then they've realized looking through all of their direct debits and the money going out, they're going, hang on. I'm paying for the CRM system. I'm paying 20 quid a month for this. I don't even use a bloody thing anymore. And in turn, that will help save you money. And there's, you get to notice like, actually, I am probably spending too much going out. Actually, I don't need to buy these many clothes. Actually, there's all of this stuff I can cut back on. And that in turn, you can then take and put into a pot and then accumulate your wealth from there. So these are some really, really useful things, which I guess people can go out and do straight away. There's not much effort to actually then to start it right no that's exactly right and and often it's small behaviors starting them early that can really lead to to, to you know to big changes later um especially when you look at something like pensions and investments you know um if you start early you have time on your side and that time in the market um really benefits from compound growth so it means that even if you can afford to put 20 quid a month away, you know, in your 20s, you know, in addition to anything else you're doing, that will really have a massive impact by the time you get to your 50s, you know. So and and, and let's face it, time goes so quickly these days. We're so busy. Often it's just about allocating time to make these sensible decisions. And that's and that's what my job is. It's to help coach people into understanding that that making very small changes, maybe not buying that coffee every day, maybe putting that money towards something else will have a huge impact um, for, for your future and your future self will really thank you for that. So it's just um, about being a little bit more savvy, uh, understanding that that you know that that two pound fifty, five pound a day that you spend on lunch or coffees, you know, could be better spent and adds up to to to, to quite a lot on a monthly basis that you could be diverting into something else, and that would be growing and benefiting every year from 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 compound growth, and uh, uh, you know that that that. That, that would be worth thousands, if not hundreds of thousands later when you get to your 70s after, you know, p potentially, you know, saving for 30 or 40 years. So, you know, that small things now have, uh, as I said before, have big impacts later. I've actually just done the math on that as you were talking. If we take the five pound a day and we take that coffee as two pound and a bag of crisps, which you might buy, and we take that as an average because some days you'll spend more, some days you'll spend less. But as an average five pound, it was 365 days in the year. Uh, that means in a total, you'll be spending 1,825 quid a year just on coffee and crisps. Coffee and crisps, nearly two grand. Yeah. I know I'd rather. I'd rather the two grand to actually go on something meaningful. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you put that into a pension, the government would add on 25% of it. Uh, and so you, you get a bonus there immediately. And that would be locked in uh, to, you know, to, to, to growth in the future and provide a much bigger pot later. One more thing, Ashley, you know, you did mention sick pay and the importance of having a bit of a fund there just to kind of see you through any difficult periods. Something else that, that, that is a priority in, um, in, in good financial management is making sure you have a plan B. 
Um, you know, let's face it, we never know what's around the corner. Um, and those of us that are employed often benefit from, from sick pay from our employer. Um, so, or some kind of insurance policy that's maybe built into our, to our contract. So if we do, if something happens to us, then, then there is, there, there's an insurance policy that we pay out. For those of us that are self-employed, don't benefit from that. One of the key things to think about really is getting some insurance there that protects you and your family if you are if you have an accident if you have an illness you know and you can't we're talking about a couple of months off sick or a few days off sick that's fine and most people can get over that but what if it's something more serious you know what if it's six 12 months longer and we can never go back to work you know that happens and it and it happens more often than you think so having a policy potentially that would pay out in the event of any of those things happening especially if you're self-employed um is a really important thing to to at least investigate um often what I find with my clients is they're more than happy to 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 buy some insurance for their for their beloved pets whether that's a dog or cat to cover any large vet bills um, or they'll insure their house for its contents and its building cover or they'll insure their car we all know car insurance and but what they don't do is they don't think about the most insure the most important asset in their life and that's their themselves and their their health you know we, we say in the industry that your health is your wealth um, without your health then, then you couldn't earn the money that you do so you know there are policies out there that are very good value for money and would provide you with something like sick pay. It's called an income protection policy. And that would provide you with a replacement income if you were too ill to work or you'd had an accident that means that you, that you couldn't work any longer. Likewise, there are life insurance policies um, that would kick in if you were to die aimed at you know, potentially paying off your mortgage or any other debts or providing your loved ones with a lump sum that would be a replacement for your future income that you'd bring. So, you know, these are all really important things to talk through. And again, this is one of those quite complex areas because the wording on these policies is really difficult sometimes to digest if you go and research it yourself. So talking to someone like myself that can just really simply talk you through the options make recommendations for someone in your circumstances with your financial uh, needs and your family needs um, is really important. So um, yeah, that's something that I would just like to add as, as, as something that, that, that probably more people should look into than, than, and, and consider than actually do. You've mentioned um, something here of, on about like accumulating uh, growth and, and compound interest and and it reminds me of the Chinese proverb the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago but the second best time is now and like you've got to do this stuff as soon as possible there's no point kind of thinking about it and putting it off because of the reasons you've exactly said because of that growth it will build and build and build and build can you just explain what you exactly mean by that compound growth for the yeah, people sure. who don't quite understand so, so compound growth is uh as I think I'm something in one of the seventh the seventh wonders of the world. So it means that every year that you that you save, so say you start with you know a hundred pounds of savings account that attracts something like um you know five percent interest. Um so that you, you earn five pounds growth on that, but 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 that keeps on growing. So you your your um your capital sum the hundred pounds and the five pounds in interest grows again the next year and you earn the, the compound effect on that so it means you get exponential growth over a longer period of time and actually when we when we talk about it in investment terms um if you manage to achieve something like an average growth rate over 10 years uh, investment term of seven percent it means that 
in actual fact, in 10 years time, um, that that the, the capital value, if you pay nothing else in in between, has doubled in value because it benefits from that compound growth. So it means you don't need to achieve 10% every year. You just need to uh, achieve seven. I think it's 7.2% to achieve um, a, a doubling effect every 10 years. So really powerful because that's exactly how investments work. So if you leave, if you invest a capital sum and you do nothing else to it, you leave it alone uh, and, and it's invested well over, you know, over periods of decades, that, that has a huge impact. You know, you think that most careers these days are 30, 40 years um, and that, you know, and we should be paying into pensions during that time. So the more that you get in, in that first decade, um, you know, your 20s to your 30s, that, that, then that potentially has 30 more years to grow and benefit from that doubling uh, every 10 years, which is which is huge. So how do we start with this? Because like a, a big thing which obviously screams out for me, if we're working for ourselves here as, as as entertainers and we're thinking, cracky pension i've heard this a few times in today's episode yeah at some point i am going to have to retire and yeah at some point i'm not going to have the energy to go and stand on stage or go and do the small intimate events like it will get to a point where you just physically can't do it or you just don't want to do it and you want to enjoy something else at the age of 60 or 70 where on earth would we start as a pension because it's not as easy as a day job where it's automatically just kind of like taken out for you yeah, that's right. So, um, and that's why you know a lot of my clients are business owners because they understand that 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 well they that they want to focus on their day job, their specialism, whether that's being an entertainer, whether that is being a construction engineer. Um, they don't necessarily want to focus on being a, a, and setting up a pension or setting up investment. So they come and see someone like myself who would talk them through the process, make some recommendations. I would I, I would put all the paperwork together and then bring that to them and run through all of those bits and pieces. And essentially all they would have to do is sign on the dotted line and, and then we get that sorted. Often, though, you know, if it's um, if it's something that is very easy to do yourself or, 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 or you know, find someone that, that, that wants to do it themselves, it's pointing them in, in the right direction for the providers that, 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 that they'd be better off using themselves. So, you know, we, we live in an Internet age these days. So, you know, everything's at our fingertips. If you want to do it yourself, you can do um, that, that. You know, there are providers that make it very easy just to kind of log on and start a pension. One of the things, though, to consider is your tax situation, how that changes over time and what decisions you're making um, now aren't necessarily going to be the right decisions in a couple of years time. If you've grown your business, if you've grown your income, and that's why it continues to be really useful to talk to someone like myself who can point out all the different tax thresholds, tax relief, tax exemptions that are available and change. Um, from year to year as well, as we have different governments and they bring in new tax regimes, things change. And so you need often can benefit from someone like myself talking to you every year about the landscape, about how you're doing and your business is doing or how how your earnings are going in the context of what your goals are you know, and how what we need to do to get you from A to B, where you are now to, to where you want to be. And often people left in their own devices, don't necessarily make those decisions themselves. They don't have someone saying that I think you, it's time now to up your pension contribution from, you know, this to that, you know, because you're, you're you know, I think your business income is such now you'd really benefit from that. Um, and actually, you would 
benefit from a huge tax saving if you did this because of X, Y, and Z. So that, that that's what I bring to the table. It's it's a sounding board. Um, you know, I make recommendations about how much you should be putting away to achieve what you told me you wanted to, to get out of retirement or when you wanted to retire, and I'll keep you on that track. But we need to have a plan that, that can change along the way. Things happen. Um, and and so, you know, the plan needs to have enough flexibility in it that if we need to, to, to kind of take stock, do something slightly different or your family dynamic changes or your career changes, we need to be able to adapt the plan in line with that. So they're always, you know, they're all, they're, 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 it's never something static. It's always something that needs to be reviewed, you know, preferably annually to make sure that, that we're still on track and, and, and do we need to make any changes. This is exactly actually one of the reasons why I decided to have a chat with you, because I had obviously my money in various different places yeah. um, from property to stocks to shares. And I'm just like, it's it gets hard to manage it yourself, especially if you're, well, in my case, like running my entertainment business, running another business and then running this business, which is obviously the podcast that I'm on now. Like it gets hard to go away and read all the company reports for all of your investments each and every day and blah 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 and it just got to the point where i just couldn't manage it so to have someone like you actually look at it there's a bit more knowledgeable when it comes to tax and all of that that has the time on their hands to look at it well, a bit more knowledgeable massively more knowledgeable <laughs> crikey the amount of stuff which you know that i didn't uh blew me away um you know and it's just a massive relief to just get that off your plate but Rightly, yeah, rightly so. If someone does want to do it themselves, yes, they do need to keep an eye on it, but they also need to allocate the time. And I think you've mentioned something else crucial here as well, that if they do do that, they still need to put in the annual review periods like you would have with your clients. They would need to do themselves to make sure their goals are on track and vice versa, blah, 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 blah. But we've spoken about, obviously, pensions. We've spoken, obviously, about like a few different things in terms of like life kind of envisioning like where you want to be what kind of age do you retire and i suppose everyone listening right now will be thinking okay this is great this is great this is great i get this i get this i get this what would you say is really the first step someone's listened to everything right now where, where would they go from now mm -hmm. what would they kind of do to take action upon this and have you got any hacks which people can use to help them with their savings to help them with their kind of like future finances yeah it's a good good question actually so like i said if it depending on, on, on what it is a good place to start is often that that budgeting piece so um looking at whether their bank offers you know increasingly their, their their bank can offer some kind of extension to their online banking that can that can provide a budget overview if not then looking at some of these other apps like plum monzo that that, that can attach to your your um your online banking and, and feed you this information. Um, so that, that that takes care of maybe that budgeting piece. If it's then about um, talking uh, about your the goal setting, you know, talking to an advisor like myself just to understand what your what you know sound as a sounding board uh, about building a plan, understanding you know what your options are for the future. That's key. And then if it's if you've got very specific goals and you already want to jump to that oh I, I want an investment to achieve this or I want to, uh, uh, to to invest into a pension to achieve that then you can you know you can literally find you know big providers online uh google those and 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 take something out I would say though it's always good to seek some advice because 
something we say in the industry is take take an investment there are different investment we call them different investment wrappers tax wrappers or you would know them as different products whether they are investment bonds or stocks and shares isas or um uh, or unit trusts um and all of those things have different tax implications. So you may start out um, with with investing in, in what you think uh, is a uh, is just a general share account. Um, and actually, over time, you built up quite a bit uh, 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 and a mass of funds in that. But you didn't realise that actually that has certain tax implications if you want to cash out of that fund and do something else with it. So really good from the outset to take advice about what is first of all. Find out what your goals are. Then, second of all, what is what what is the right product to match to your goals? You know, is that the, the, the stocks and shares ISA because of the the tax benefits on that? Is that the the you know the pension for the long for the tax relief that you get from the government and the fact that that it will um, help you with your retirement goals? Um, so so really talking to an advisor and someone that can help you will, will really help you on that journey starting out. Right. This is something which kind of linked to a question which which I had, which is perfectly timed actually. Um, I remember one of my one of my best friends always said to me that you don't want to leave your savings and cash in the bank because if anything is just devaluing. And you've mentioned products and investments here. And for someone who might have had an amazing time doing gigs, whether they've bought in ten or twenty grand, thirty grand, a hundred grand, and I know people that have taken in like. 85 grand just in like one month in gigs which is incredible and they've done that and that's sat in the bank mm -hmm. is it best to shift it then to an investment or a product or what what would your opinions be on that yeah and and that really depends on what you want to do with that money okay so if you're if you've earned all this money we'll say that eighty-five thousand pounds in a month uh, and you're really looking to get onto the property ladder in, uh, you know, in the short term. So we'll call the short term less than three years. Then really you want to keep that money in the bank because what you don't want to do is potentially risk it on the investment markets. And when you come to need it in that relatively short amount of time, whether it be a year, two, three years, you know, and, and, and there's some volatility in the markets, perhaps you're not going to get back as much as you invested. So therefore, you know, any good advisor worth their salt would say, no, 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 keep that safe as houses in the bank maybe if you know that it's not going to be needed for three years time maybe put it in a slightly higher paying interest um, account that, that that's limited access for three years we call them something like a term account um, so you benefit from a bit more interest on there um, for anything that's you know perhaps a longer term objective so if you you know you've earned all of this money expecting more money to come along as well because you're doing really well in your business um, and you want to put it away for the for the kind of medium to longer term. You want to start your investment journey. Um, then 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 investing it could well be the right thing to do. You know, uh, you, you really we say that you shouldn't really enter into any investment when you might need access to the funds within that five year period. So whenever you're entering into to, to an investment, it should be with that longer, more well, medium to longer term time horizon because that generally is enough time to iron out the the the, the volatility and and any downs in the market uh, to give you enough mo enough money when, when you come out of it to make sure that you've got more money than, than when you first invested it generally speaking solid advice as usual and finally just a question to kind of round out and be on the the opposite end um for maybe someone who's beginner into the entertainment industry and they've got their job and they're just doing 
the occasional kind of like gig mm-hmm. once a month and they're getting the odd three to 500 quid in once a month and that's all they're doing they kind of treat it as pocket money is there anything that they should consider with that extra cash to be a little bit more kind of like wiser with what they're earning and what they could potentially do with it yeah great question again so if you see it as just if that surplus income perhaps they have a day job that pays you know pays all their expenses and perhaps this this additional work um is is you know is kind of pure profit and and surplus funds on top of that well you know if you if you invested that into a pension you would benefit from from a tax uplift from the government so you know that would build you a much bigger fund for later but perhaps you want to you, you know you think oh i don't necessarily want to be accessing you know locking this away until i'm you know 55 57 um so perhaps you know i i, I want to put it into something like um uh, in the UK, we call them stocks and shares ISAs, uh, but but that means that any money that you pay into that um, will, will will always be free of any tax. That's whether um, on the growth of the funds uh, whilst it's invested, but also more importantly when when you come to withdraw it later. So building up a tax efficient pot with surplus income um, in 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 something like a stocks and shares ISA. Um, you know, in a basket of funds, probably, uh, or, or or direct equities or direct shares uh, in businesses, um, depending on really what your risk tolerance is. You know, that's a whole nother piece that we actually haven't really talked about today. But but every investment needs to be in line with an individual's or, you know, in your case, actually your own risk tolerance. So we don't want people investing um, in in volatile stocks if if that makes them feel very uncomfortable. You know, so uh, a piece of work we always do when when we get to that point where we ascertain what the objectives are and whether investing is the right thing to do is 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 talk clients through um, you know what the different options are, what the different we call them asset classes, but it it. it, it really means what the different areas of investment are that could be shares they're called equities they often have the most growth potential uh, but but you know but an investment in shares in the UK and, and North America um, has a different kind of risk tolerance than, than than potentially shares in more emerging markets you know whether that be Brazil or, or, or China for example so you know it's very important that we match the investment with um you know with, with, with the risk appetite of, of of the client and you know part of my job is also to kind of get if people are being too cautious you know and they want to invest in the long run for a pension for example i can say to them well, actually i think you can afford to take a little bit more risk than maybe you feel comfortable with because you're not going to be able to access this money for say 20 30 years because you are you know you're, you're in your late 20s or, or early 30s you want to start this journey so therefore you can afford to be and it's the right advice to be a little bit more aggressive now with your with your risk appetite knowing that you've got all of that time horizon to uh to 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 navigate any volatility any short-term volatility i love that there's been so much practical information in this episode ed and i know it's going to help a lot of people out there because it's it's something that's not really spoken about in our industry like business in general isn't really spoken about at all in the entertainment industry let alone managing like your own personal finances and like what on earth do you do with the money that you actually make and for me like the biggest takeaways i think which people should bear in mind like what you said at the beginning just getting clear over like your outgoings like that for a lot of people is going to be 
a game changer and then actually putting some money aside keeping that emergency fund and then with the additional money that you've got in do something with it depending on what you want obviously your life to look like and what your plans for the future are like and i suppose the most valuable lesson of all is just to speak to someone that's knowledgeable about this so that you are going in the right direction so that your wealth is actually going the way you want it to do and so that it's actually going to support you in the future maybe when that time comes when you're not gigging and not doing events and you are looking for retirement so with that said if anyone has found this useful today so much so that they're like actually yeah i would really love some help and to pick your brains and just get your advice on kind of like where i am or where i want to go and how you can help me achieve this certain point in my life with the money that i'm accumulating where can people reach you where can they go to you how do they get in contact with you yeah um you can find me on linkedin ed samuel um you can email me directly edward.samuel at sjpp.co.uk um or i'm on instagram as well uh under i think ed samuel 82 so uh, yeah feel free to reach out so with that said, as we round out today's episode, Ed, is there any final, any um, any final words on finances that you want to mention? Any final wise words of wisdom to the hundred and thirty countries of all the individual people in it listening right now? What would you like to finish with? One big boom. Oh, brilliant. Um, I would say just just get engaged. Just start to do some reading. Start to make you know, even if it's not something that that that, that you enjoy doing, start start to look out there about you know what's available and start thinking about your your you know at least your kind of shorter and medium term goals and then you know that budgeting piece is really important and then you know if you want some help just there's, there's lots of people like myself out there that are more than happy to have a conversation just to point you in the right direction um and you know and help you on your own financial journey so yeah reach out guys if you know if you have any questions love that well, Ed, thank you so much for this incredible episode. Uh, I know it's going to be one which I'm going to listen to over a few times a year. But with that said, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Do reach out to Ed if you've got any advice or questions for him. And we will see you next week for another episode of the podcast to help you as entertainers book more gigs, make more money, and in this case, manage your money correctly so that it's going with you in the right place. we we'll see you guys very soon.